0: Hey everyone, I'm Fredo and I'm Benji and this is Apes on Tape podcast. Welcome. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. What up boys and girls? Welcome to today. How
1: is everyone?
0: Well, personally, I am buzzing. I am over my cup is overflowing with love. Um, Shock. But yeah, before I get <laughs> before I get carried away with uh, with talking about myself, as we start the podcast off every day, what are you grateful
1: for? <laughs> yes, uh, today uh, today I'm I'm grateful for. Uh, I wish I could say my dog, but uh, I'm I'm grateful for Rue, the dog that I'm uh, I'm currently looking after. Um, I uh, I spent the night away uh, on Friday night a few nights ago and um uh i went i had a bit of a had a bit of a night out it was a bit of a shindig shall we say you know there was a bit of sauce and uh i had a good time it was a <laughs> it was a rave in the jungle and uh yeah it was uh it was a good night by all accounts um and i then returned home the next day feeling let's be honest a little worse for wear pretty pretty minimal sleep in the bank and uh, but I got back and I didn't have anything to do on Saturday, and Rue was so thrilled to see me when I got back. He is just so excited. Nice. It's just the nicest welcome in the world. And of course, being a little bit uh, hungover, I was just pretty set with like a pizza in the oven and like some some rubbish stuff on Netflix. And I had a dog to cuddle in bed all day and he's just so he's so affectionate uh, only when you want him to be he's, he's not needy or, or you know he doesn't bother you but if you fancy a cuddle he is he's all in he's so keen nice and I just absolutely loved it and I, I've, I've really so I've been looking after this dog since the beginning of June he's two years old um, so I, I'll have been looking after him for you know four nearly five months by the time uh his his owner's return. So it's a little over a sixth of his life that I've I've been looking after him so far. Uh so cool. in, in in dog years I don't exactly know what, what that is, but I, I guess it's quite a lot. Um and I've become so attached to him. I I I love him to pieces. He's he's an absolute light in my life. Um I've wanted a dog. Um as an adult uh, for a long time i, I um, my mom bought me a dog when i was just as i was becoming a teenager and um i sort of was more interested in being a teenager than than uh taking on the responsibility of a dog nevertheless i did oh love dear. him um but he has name? so many dogs his name was chad um chad chad the dog oh my chad god the dog yeah i named i named him after chad musker the uh the the pro pro the skateboarder skate,
0: skateboarder Nice. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's cool. But it actually was nice for uh, my mum as well because um, that was actually uh, the the church that my uh, dad uh, my dad uh, preached at uh, St Chad's Church. So she she had a connection. <laughs> cool. and she had a gen- connection to it too. So it was a, it was a happy name for both of us. Anyway, he ended up becoming a bit more mum's um, dog than than he was mine. But like I say, I've always wanted a dog, and. I've been so interested to enjoy the responsibility of a dog for real. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you can't do or you have a lot of time constraints or, you know, general general life, you know, you end up having to think about an- another living being and, it, you know, you don't come first and you can't always do what you might You know, plan to do because you know you've got to put Mm. the dog first, and it's such a refreshing uh, sense of responsibility. You know, not once have I felt like, oh, I can't do that because I've got the dog, or like, oh no, I can't. I've got to go back and feed the dog. I've got to walk the dog. It never feels like that. It it never, never enters your mind in that way. You just, you, you, it's just it's just like you know it's just part of life it's uh, it's kind of like feels like you can't you wouldn't get mad at yourself or, or frustrated because you're like oh usually I could fly like back to wherever <laughs> I was going like you know it's just it's you know standard procedure you you just gotta you've just got to factor it into your day and something that I've really enjoyed is how much I've enjoyed the the responsibility of of looking after this this beautiful beautiful dog
0: that's awesome, man. You sent me a picture of your dog, you and your dog, earlier. And mm. uh, it's a really handsome dog. Chris was like, that is a handsome dog. And I was like, it, I have to agree. Is. That is a beautiful dog. However, it, not a lot of... Mm. Uh, when you were saying about, um, you know, you don't just think, oh, God, I've got to go feed the dog. Some people
1: do, you know. Some people are like, oh, God, I've got to go feed the dog. Wish I'd never got mm. a dog. Mm, yeah, possibly. I guess so, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's just not... It's nice not to feel like that. I mean, that these the his owners are going to return uh in uh two or three weeks time and i'm going to have to uh relinquish him and uh it's going to be sad because i've absolutely Mm. fallen head over heels in love with him to be honest he's if one was going to get a dog this this guy is an advert for a dog he is absolutely perfect he's everything you want in a dog he's incredibly obedient oh absolutely very independent he doesn't he doesn't bark much. Obviously, he did bark a little bit on you know last uh, last week's yeah. episode.
0: Yeah, especially if you want the inside of your car redecorated with uh, explosive diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. the dog for you, baby. He is the dog uh... for you.
1: <laughs> that's very true. You know, well, I didn't, uh, I didn't bequeath him that. Like, you know, he, 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 you know, he, that was that was my fault more than his fault. But uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's uh, that's what I'm that... grateful for, my man.
0: That's so awesome, man. So- I'm so stoked that you're having fun with Rue, Rue the dog. That's that makes me. That's that's actually really thrilling. But what um do you think you'll ever get a dog?
1: Yeah, I've I've always wanted to get a dog, and uh, and this is this time spent with Rue has just proven to me that um that I, I I can and I am ready. I've had maybe quite a uh, a transient fluid lifestyle for quite some time, and I've thought on many occasions, oh, I'd really like a dog now, but. Um, I feel it would be unfair because I, I move around too much, or my my living situation isn't stable enough. And uh, and actually, I think you know, the, there's there's no bad time uh, at the moment if you if you're willing to to put them first and and take responsibility. So uh, I don't imagine it will be too long, but um, we shall see. Uh, nice, I, I think I will. Mm. That's
0: very, very exciting That's very exciting Well, I hope to see uh, where this goes then The seed has been planted, ladies and gentlemen
1: (laughs) Thanks to Roo What's this space? Yeah Well, uh, that's enough from me On my gratitude What are you grateful for, my man?
0: Well, I have to say The thing that I'm most acutely grateful for Because it's just happened in my life Was a glorious, glorious mushroom ceremony That I did last night Um, I did it with Chris, my beautiful girlfriend. Uh, We had a wonderful time. It's the first time she's done one. And I thought it would be nice to do a half ceremony, half recreational. Like I didn't want, you know, sort of, we do the full ceremony normally in silence. But I thought, seeing as it's just me and Chris, we'll, you know, we'll start off in silence. We wrote intentions in our journal. Um, and then we, uh, you know, we drank the tea, we, you know, we, we sat there, we put the, we put the plant medicine playlist on and that always, when that music starts, I'm like, Oh God, well, I know where I'm going. <laughs> and, uh, it always makes <laughs> me a little bit appropriately nervous. And I was just like, okay, sweet. I wrote down some intentions and a lot of them that, you know, my life, normally when I do a mushroom so many, I feel like I want answers, but I was just open. I was just actually, I was just like, you know what, I, I want to do it because, um, I really, really enjoy the, the feeling of being like, you know, really high, if I'm going to be completely frank. And I love, you know, I'm open to any sort of inspiration. I actually really wanted to just give a lot of thanks and just feel a lot of gratitude for my life at the moment. And just, yeah, that was it. My, my intentions were, you know, I want to give thanks for the amazing life I have and, and offer gratitude for this experience. Uh, welcome inspiration and new ideas and stuff like that. And Mm. oh my God, it was the most glorious time, you know, Kel surprise, like, oh my God, he had a great time on mushrooms, (laughs) but uh, it was so, so beautiful, man. Um, like first of all I started having like some wonderful ideas that I was writing down you know very classic um you know sort of you feel that wonderful warm feeling and you're like oh this is wonderful and I was checking on Chris she seemed to have a, she was seemed to have a, a wonderful time as well and yeah so I'll say we spent the first hour and a half maybe in silence which was really nice and she was journaling as well and yeah, and I had some wonderful, brilliant ideas, really good ones. I'll go into them later. But yeah, I was just filling. I was just filling up with love again. Like I, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I feel like my cup has been full, and I'm overflowing with love. And again, one of the things I was grateful for is that my legs were completely calm. And I thought to myself, wow, like this is my legs on mushrooms. And so many people have told me that after a spinal cord injury, they've had horrendous experiences with uncontrollable spasms like they've never had before. And I'm like, wow, I am so lucky that um, my spinal cord injury hasn't ruined this for me. Like one of my favorite things to do i don't mean i don't do it that often but like when i do it it's really glorious it's literally like top of the pops for me and i'm just like oh i'm so so grateful that my spinal cord injury hasn't ruined that for me because um i know it has for a lot of people and that really sucks man because spinal cord injuries suck and the fact that you know oh you know you can't take mushrooms because they'll be that'll be a really unpleasant experience is is Mm. really unfortunate for um so, yeah, I was just full of gratitude for, for Chris. I was looking over at my girlfriend. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's my girlfriend. I'm so stoked. I was just so full of, full of love. Mm. And, yeah, I just had a glorious time. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm grateful for, man, just mm-hmm. having a beautiful, beautiful mushroom ceremony
1: yeah that sounds awesome man that's so nice to hear. that's um that's interesting. That's something that i I can remember I wanted to do uh, a while ago. I can't remember how how long ago it was, like maybe a year or so ago. Um, because I, I again, like you, I often will undertake a mushroom ceremony when I feel like you know there there are answers I want like when I'm not quite happy with my life like I need to figure this out like what should I do how can I fix this how can I not suffer in this way and um and it, it, it occurred to me at one point I was like if there is like some sort of you know higher power greater intelligence that I must just sound like the biggest, just moaning, (laughs) boring bastard. Oh, help me with this. Oh, help me with this. Oh, you know, what do I do about them? Or how do I deal with that? How do I deal with this? And they're like, oh, Benji's Benji's come online again. Yeah, no doubt he'll be wanting something. (laughs) No doubt he'll be struggling with some sort of relationship or issue or decision. Yeah, let's see what he needs. Bloody hell. All right, oh. To tell him to love again yeah 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 he doesn't get it does he tell him every time <laughs> useless bugger and it, it occurred to me that I was like oh you know and in all fairness whenever I go with questions you know 99% of the time I get a glorious you know succinct obvious and fundamental answer that's you mm-hmm. know usu- usually revolving around just loving more and uh, you know The answer is never like, oh, shut up or go away or figure it out yourself. It's just like beautiful, uh, you know, exponential love that is ever expanding and, you know, from from the, the tip of your toes to the top of your head. And I was like, wow, you should definitely, like, you talk about, the ceremonies, you know, quite a lot. I mean, we even have a podcast in which we talk about them quite regularly. Mm. And um, and you never, you never say thank you. You just always mm. like turning up with problems. And if there is, you know, an intelligence that you're, you know, that you like to believe you're speaking to, it would be really nice to just be like to turn up go online and be like hey oh it's Benji again here what do you need this time like actually I just want to say thanks because you've been doing a great job <laughs> for years and I've just been thanklessly returning with problem after problem after problem and you're like poof what do you need poof what do you need <laughs> so yeah. it's uh it's really nice that you you know you decided to do that
0: yeah, thanks, man. Um, I often do give a lot of thanks uh, at the end of my ceremonies because I'm just like, oh, that's wonderful. Thanks so much for all the answers, that I, all the wisdom that mm. it, I feel has been imparted on me or has been inspired from this from the ceremony. But yeah, it isn't often that I go in with my number one intention is just to offer gratitude, just be like, hey, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you so much. My life is so buff. Uh, I just want to, mm. you know, enjoy this, you know, and whatever comes up, comes up and. And it was, it was great, man. It was really good. So I think the highlight, I'm going to just straight up, go straight to the highlight. I had some like really cool ideas. And then one of them was, I was like, oh man, this often happens. I think of my mum, I think of my parents and I'm like, oh my, my mum, I I should call my mum more and tell her I love her. You know, that's, that's the very common thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I should call my mum and tell her I love her. And I was like, you know what? I'd really love my mum to meet Chris because, you know, I'm in love with that girl and i would love i would love my mum to meet her and i was like why don't we like fly to the uk and then we'll you know we'll you know we could arrange a holiday there such a great idea and then i was like oh hold on a second why don't they fly over here you know they could stay at the hotel by the lake by the lake and i was like that would be amazing you know like oh my god i'm thrilled i was just like oh this is i'm bubbling up with just like ideas of like w- wonderful memories that we could make together pl- playing games i'm already like through the hindsight window, filming, editing this beautiful video and being like, hey, here's a video of our holiday together like I've done in the past and just being like, this is such a beautiful idea. There's no way that this could be a bad idea, like to hang out with one's parents, you know, to be like, you know, especially one's elderly parents and be like, you know, I want you to meet my girlfriend. This is this is this, is you know, come over. It'll be great. We'll we'll. I was thinking about the meals I could cook them. I was just like, you know, Chris is such mm. a wonderful chef. We've been eating such wonderful food lately. I wanted you to see how happy I am. I want to share that with you. And it was just filling me up. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is so good. Um, so we came to the part in the ceremony where we decided to, I guess, break the silence. And we were, like, chatting with one another. I think, actually, first of all, it started with a, with a cuddle. Like, we just kind of, like, caught each other's eyes and... And I sort of like moved my arm and she sort of snuggled in. I was like, oh, this is quite nice, you know, like we'll just we'll just have a cuddle. And then we were, I said, oh, you know, how are you feeling and stuff like that. And then when it came time to share, I think it was like a little while after that, I was like, oh, um, are you ready to share? She said, yeah, sure. Um, and I was kind of like a bit giddy. I was like, do you mind if I go first?
1: <laughs> and I was like, I've got the best
0: idea. And I sort of blurted it out in this beautiful, giddy, excitement i felt like a child I was like oh i've had the best idea i'm gonna invite my mum over you get to meet my mum, and we're gonna like you know my parents you know my dad's got a new knee he's gonna be showing off his new knee we're gonna be walking around the <laughs> lake uh, he's just had a, uh, a, a knee operation and i was just like so so thrilled you know it's gonna be the best idea ever and she was so excited as well she could see it in my face it was so infectious that i was just like whoa and it was just absolutely glorious and then we um Oh, it was just so lovely. So I had the be- this beautiful idea. That's what I mean. Like one mushroom ceremony planted the seed of an idea that's going to sprout into a beautiful memory of me and my parents once again. And that is why, you know, last night was so special. Um, but that's just one of the reasons. But but yeah, man. Um, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean that sounds sounds absolutely glorious. It, I, again, you know, it's uh, it's quite often that the 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 answers or the ideas you get are like. Pretty obvious, and I guess to to, to like to to a listener um, who maybe maybe you know doesn't doesn't take mushrooms or you know hasn't done a mushroom ceremony, it would it would feel like well you know like duh, but like sometimes we really need you know a knock on the head uh, to to just like see what's right under our nose, what's right u- before our eyes, and yeah, it's it's great when you take the take the time to do something like that, and it you know it shows uh, one. On the other side of that, you know, one of the things that I have found in the past is that I'll be like potentially grappling with something or um, unsure about a, you know a certain pathway to take or how how to get something that I want essentially. So I go, I go, I you know, I go into the ceremony with that with that intention to you know to solve that or whatever, and. It's often, you know, pretty quickly shown to me to be really obvious. Mm. Um, through, like, there may be you make you may come to the ceremony with like three to five different intentions and. By some magic, well, the magic of mushrooms, uh, all, all, all the answer, all the questions uh, are answered by the same answer. They, they, they encapsulate mm. everything. I often find that, and I'm like, oh, it literally answers everything. If I just mm. do this, like, of course, of course. All, mm. You know, the, the dots connect in this, you know, wild, unbelievable, visual and emotional sensation and then you, you you come out of it and obviously you know you know quite often for me you know these these questions involve other people you know mm. like like for example your parents or, or or other people and and then you might go to them with some like <laughs> ecstatic enthusiasm like don't worry i've worked it all out the mushrooms have given me the answer <laughs> we're definitely going to do this and maybe you've spent like you know weeks or even months grappling with this decision with whatever person that it might be and then you're like don't worry i've figured it all out and they're like whoa and it just sort of reminds me of like that scene in in wallace and gromit where the porridge machine breaks and it just plasters wallace to the wall with (laughs) porridge that's that's sometimes you know i feel like sometimes you need to give yourself a day or two to for like you know it's like opening a bottle of fizzy water too quickly, yeah. like, poof, just goes everywhere. You need to open it slowly mm. before you're, you know, before it's ready to to deliver to someone that hasn't been, you know, incredibly high for four hours. Exactly, man. It's so funny you said that because that's pretty much exactly
0: what happened. And, um... And I think what you say is, like, I think epiphanies are usually rather obvious. You're just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's that sounds obvious. What the hell? You're like, why did I think of that? Uh, you know, be, oh, my God, this is glorious epiphany. And anyway, I, so I've run mm. through this scenario in my head, again, while under the influence of some powerful psychedelics. And I've, you know, I'm literally, I've edited the video, I've given it to them. And I'm like, what a wonderful <laughs> memory, you know. And then I, I rang my mum up today. And uh, I was like, "Mom, how's it going? Oh, I'm so thrilled to speak to you. You know, I feel like I haven't spoken to you in a while. How you doing? And she's like, Yeah, yeah, good. And I was like, Well, I've got the, I've got the best news. I've had the best idea. She's like, Oh, what is it? I was like, Well... You know, I was thinking about coming to see you, but then I was like, and I just blurted it all out like an ex- again, like taking the lid off too quickly. I was like, so I thought you could come over here, and we could stay at the hotel. It'd be great. You could meet Chris, and you know, we'll cook you dinner. It'd be lovely. Oh my god, the memories we'll make. I'll make a video. And she was like, oh my god, uh, I don't know about that, son. I've, I've got appointments. I, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't like plane travel. This all sounds very overwhelming. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, it, it'll be wonderful. <laughs> but I, I completely overwhelmed her, and she was like, speak to your dad, Terry. Terry, he's he, he's trying to make us go on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, you, you know what it's like. It, it's, a, it's a two and a half hour drive up to Bristol and you've got to park at the hotel and, you know, get bloody, you know, the t- the times of the flights are always bloody early. You know, I don't know if we can do it, son. I just yeah, don't know yeah. if we can do it. And I was like, well, you don't know what time the flights are yet. You know what I mean? And and so by the time we got round, you know, I, they... I can imagine someone doing that to me as well, like being like, imagine my mum was just like, oh, I've got a great idea, you're going to come on holiday to Cornwall. I was like, hold on, what the hell, like, uh, I don't want to come on holiday to Cornwall, like, Uh, and (laughs) so I would be immediately apprehensive as well. But my mum, it was really funny because I was like, a little bit like, oh, oh, but why don't you want to come? And I just sprung it on her. Anyway, after about 15 minutes of me just trying to explain that logistics weren't that scary, the flight's quite short, we'll pick you up from the airport, she would, she really warmed to it. She goes, like, okay, we'll I have to look at my diary, you know. I don't know when it's going to be. I've got hospital appointments and doctor's appointments. And then she was like, okay, what about the 16th of October to the 22nd? And I was like, yeah, that's great, we'll have a look. And, you know, um, but it was so funny. It's exactly like you said, like someone just, like this
1: giddy, excited child being like,
0: wait, look at that! And people are like, No! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that is that is exactly exactly what I'm talking about I guess people don't uh, don't particularly you know like having their life planned for them and like you say you've you've literally already like lived it in your head and you're just <laughs> like okay this is this is the finished product this is what's happening and people are like oh steady on steady on but um this actually uh, this actually leads quite nicely on to, to one of the questions I I wanted to ask you about um, because uh, it's just uh, you've actually spoken about it on the podcast before, um, um, but not in as much depth as I am intrigued about it. And okay. um, one of the things I always notice um, when you talk about your parents is how, how beautifully uh, you speak of your you speak of your dad, mm. and um, and I think it's really sweet and it's really it's really wonderful. You've got nothing but beautiful things to say about him, and. What one might not know about you, because of the way you speak about him, is that he's not—he's uh, not your birth father. I—I mm. uh, I don't know if that's the right—the right terminology. But one biological. wouldn't know that because of the way you—biological. Thank you. Um, you didn't give birth to him, unlike a, unlike all other fathers that you give birth to. <laughs> um, and I yeah, I just wanted to. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh your your relationship with him because it's uh it's such a it's such a beautiful um father-son relationship and uh i just had yeah I just had a few a few little questions about it if you don't mind asking it answering
0: absolutely it. do you have anything specific or do you want me to just tell you
1: uh, I guess I would like to start with like when when did did he and your mum uh get together?
0: Right, so after my dad kicked the bucket, um, in fact, interestingly enough, do you know what my dad said to me before he kicked the bucket?
1: Well, this is what I was going to ask more about, more questions about that. So, yeah. like, we'll we'll go back to that. I'd say
0: he said, uh, "Son, how far do you think I can kick this bucket?" <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how I shoehorn that joke in. I heard that recently, and I was like, "Oh, this is great." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no
0: oh no, so um so yeah, my dad uh so my so, yeah, so so my so my dad died when I was eight, and um, yeah, so then my mum met another guy uh called Chris, and she was with him for a while, and then she got with my dad, Terry, and I think I was about i guess ten eleven maybe, um. I really can't remember, to be honest. Um, But Mm. then, you know, we moved in together. So Okay, okay. so this is actually interesting. So I'm sort of... I'm unprepared for this. I'm thinking about it in real time. We... So my mum and dad got married, and then my dad... So Terry... Adopted me, so I took his last name. So before that, my last name was Cousins. Not many people know that. C O Z E N S. Oh, hey, really? And then yeah. Terry Terry Smith adopted me, so I wanted the same last name as my parents. So I was then Peter Fred Smith. And a lot, maybe a, a lot of people don't know that my first name's Peter. So yeah, I was basically born <laughs> Peter Cousins, and now I'm Fred Smith. So yeah, complete change of identity. But so so he legally adopted you. Yeah, yeah. So I could have the same last name as my parents. So they, they were like, oh, you know, cool. Maureen, Maureen and Terry Smith, and then oh, you know, Peter Cousins. It was a bit weird. So, um, <laughs> and then I think there was a time. There was definitely a time. I don't know why I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but there was a time when I was Cousins Smith, Peter Frederick Cousins Smith, and then I thought it sounded mm. a bit gay. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's just drop the Cousins Smith. Like, um, someone said something about double-barrelled names being a bit posh or something, and I didn't want to sound posh and. I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I dropped the cousins um, after a while. So anyway, um, so I took his last name. Uh, he is—he's—he's he's a good dad, you know. He's—he's he's an all right fella. We get on a lot better now. Now I'm an adult, um, but he mm-hmm. got—he got my teenage years, man. So you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And we there were, there was um, some what's the word <sighs> volatility a little bit. Like I remember. Um, Like when I was in my room watching my telly, like he would always be like, "Turn it down," and I'd be like, "It's I can barely I can barely hear it, man. I've got the subtitles on," (laughs) and and I was like, "I can hear your bloody telly! Like you turn yours down." (laughs) And um, so yeah, and uh, he would also say if I was like playing computer games, he'd be like, "What are you playing computer games for? You should get out there in the sunshine and enjoy yourself." And I'd be like, "Oh, I want to play computer Mm. games though." And um, so there were like you know the classic wise man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he yeah, he was a wise man. Um but yeah, I think, you know, he he's a he, yeah, he was a good dad to be honest. He, he he was a father figure for me, which was really nice. Um Yeah. And uh, what
1: else? I know uh, you You were obviously like more than happy to to you know adopt him as as your dad as well. It's not you you don't call him Terry like you call him Dad, and I feel like that's quite a significant, you know, that's quite a significant difference that not a lot of people do when they have like you know a a stepfather.
0: Yeah, I think I'm not very proud of this, but there were times if I was so I called him Dad. But then if I was, you know, as a teenager, you can say some mean things to so say, for example, he was being a dick or I thought he was being a dick. I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, whatever, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> You're not my real dad. You're not my real dad. <laughs> and I think that's quite a mean thing to say. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, in hindsight. Yeah, sorry. That was that was a mean thing to say. You know, you did adopt me and you and yeah, you are my dad. You're not my biological dad, but you've been my dad for ages. I wouldn't. Yeah. So, yeah. So sorry for calling you Terry, and like, so you're not my real dad, but that's just a classic bloody uh, Mm. teenager thing to say, isn't it? But, but yeah. um, Yeah. He, you know, I've got, I've got some. uh, No, he was never like violent or anything like that. We were just, we just. I was a teenager, and he was a, he was a man. I think it's very Mm. hard to raise someone else's teenager. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, I was a a big undertaking. Surely, knobhead. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I mean, I had, uh, I was diagnosed with ADHD, I was put on Ritalin at school, um, which we can go into if you want, like, basically, Ritalin for me was, like, chemically induced good behaviour, I was, like, really out of control, and then all of a sudden, you just give me this magic pill and be like, oh, Fred is well behaved, unbelievable, he's doing his homework, what the hell is in these pills, man? Like, let's just feed him more. Like, and every time I would get like a little bit like, well, I. So you might have mixed feelings about this, but say, for example, you have a child who is absolute bloody nightmare unless he's on this magic medication that's prescribed by a doctor, right? Yeah, it might be you know <laughs> amphetamines. I'm very closely related to methamphetamine, but you know who cares? You know it, it helps your helps your son behave. You know, and um, so yeah, it's very interesting to to know that. Yeah, I mean, I think at one point I was on 14 Ritalin a day, which is quite a lot. What? Yeah, That's yeah. That's
1: mental. How yeah, do you even break that up? That's like one every half an hour.
0: Yeah, so there was like, I think it was like every three hours or every four hours, I would take some and even my teachers got around to like being like, is it time for your medication? Like when I was getting oh a bit. Oh my. Yeah. Um, yeah, could yeah. just tell, I was just like ramping up and... And, and for, like, yeah. something that's amphetamine-based, like, you know, closely linked to, like, speed or meth, you'd think it was absolutely bizarre that it would calm me down. Like, but, yeah, mm. I mean, but it's quite a common... What's the word? It's, it's used recreationally now by adults, and it's a... Uh, I've mm. used it as an adult recreationally. Um, I used to... So as soon as I could get off of it, I wanted to get off of it because I was forced to take it every single day. Not forced, that's the wrong word. Um... Coerced. (laughs) Uh, uh, Heavily influenced, maybe. Um, Yeah. So, but then when I was like 17 or something, I was just like, you know, I don't want to take this anymore. And then I discovered weed. And then I started smoking weed. And that actually really helped. But then I was a bit of a stoner for a while. But, um, yeah, that's not a particularly proud moment of my life. But I think a lot of people go through a stoner stage. Um, And then I remember stopping smoking weed. And now I had a load of Ritalin left over, like, that I... I don't know. And then I used to take... So this is really interesting. I used to take it and go on a night out and not drink. So, like, while I was, like, uh, for example, like, out and you're, like, you're you're trying to, like, chat with women, you know, chat with attractive women you're up against basically drunken people. And I was there just rittling up and I was just like, I had the gift of the gab, man. I was like, you know, <laughs> and I found it uh, a beautiful time in my life where I was actually very successful with women because I remember thinking I've got a clear advantage over these drunken idiots <laughs> because um, I'm very sharp and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sober and, and stuff like that. And, but yeah, so that was really real. That was a Sounds like a smart
1: guy, game plan. Mm, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: But that was a massive and, tangent. Uh, but I guess that's what you get when you ask these questions—is like mad, like mad tangents, things that you didn't know about me. So that's actually really lovely. Uh,
1: and uh, I also really wanted to ask you about your um, your biological father because I, I know the story around his his death is actually is actually quite interesting and it's quite quite remarkable. And I just uh, I'd like you to I'd like you to tell it.
0: Okay, ex- excellent. I will. Okay, I will recall the story in as much detail as I can remember. I think I was eight years old, and my parents had broken up, so my mum and dad were no longer living together. My dad had some health complications. I think he had angina, so he was ill, and he was in the hospital a lot, and also he smoked a lot, so he, like, smoked 60 cigarettes a day and also drank. Apparently, he could drink, like, eight or nine pints of Guinness, a night, which was pretty crazy. So he's like a, I guess you could call him an alcoholic. I mean, yeah, I mean, who can drink like, you know.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, I I think that's safe, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, so I guess he was an alcoholic um, and he smoked a lot and um, that was, and I think he, you know, and I'll be honest with you from the stories that my mum told you, he was quite violent um, and he was Mm. very strict. He was like a bit of a disciplinarian and I guess he definitely wanted the best for me. Like he taught me to read and write by the age of three, which um, he was always very proud of, and so he was like a good egg in his own way. And to paint him in a like a bit more of a uh, generous light, he also had a veg like well, I say a veg patch. He had we had a big vegetable garden, and he he grew all his own vegetables. And he had a big greenhouse, and we used to have like big huge vegetables like all the time, which were really lovely. Um, and I only really appreciate that in hindsight because there was one one of the things that he was a real stickler for was eating all your vegetables he was like you know you can't leave the table until your food until all your food is is gone off the plate and that was a very very strict rule and i think as a parent or as a disciplinarian or as some sort of you know authority figure i think it's really good to be like hey i grew this vegeta- these vegetables in my garden they're really good for you please eat them all um and, you know, if I enforce this rule, I will get these kids to, like, love vegetables for life. Um, unfortunately, mm. that wasn't the case. My brother will never eat parsnips ever again because of the, a certain incident. <laughs> and there was a, a, a quite a funny incident that where I remember where I I just didn't like the vegetables, especially if you have a roast dinner and then it goes cold and, you know, the gravy goes all, like, salty and dry. And, and he was mm. like, look, you're not, you know, you had," and I would, like, take – I cut them into very small pieces and, like, swallow them with water like I was swallowing pills, like, just to get them down so <laughs> yeah. I could leave the table. And and one time, this was kind of funny, I went outside and I was sick, like, all over the floor. I was like, ah, oh, I didn't want to eat those vegetables. It was gross. And then my dad came around the corner and slipped up in it. He literally slipped up and, like, ended up on oh, his no. ass. <laughs> in my sick. And um, <laughs> my mum or something oh, was oh like... Told you we didn't want to eat them! <laughs> like it was really... <laughs> I remember we had quite a giggle at that. But, um, yeah, so anyway, that's, that was my um, biological father. His name is um, John, John Cousins. And so mm. the night that he died, we had a... Oh, actually, yeah, so this is a brilliant story. Um, so oh crikey it's a juicy one it's a juicy one i hope it's not too arduous to tell the story but we went out for fireworks night um and again i wasn't living with my mum and we had this beautiful last night together watching fireworks on fireworks night you know boom 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 it was absolutely magical and you know i was there with my dad but i remember thinking that i didn't really like visiting my dad that much i think i preferred my mum if you know what i mean um not, I was young. Do you know what I mean? And the, again, these memories are quite hazy. But I, I remember thinking, and also my dad was in really bad health, and I think he, his mental health was suffering a lot as well. And on that night, he passed away. So you know, we saw a beautiful firework display. We went to bed together. Like we stayed in the same bed. We had like an electric blanket and stuff. And um, you know, it was November. It was cold in the UK. And and then I woke up in the morning, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna creep downstairs and watch like Saturday morning cartoons. So I put like the the television on and I didn't have it turned up very loud because I didn't want to wake him up. And then I, um, you know, a lot of time passed and I was like, well, you know, he's not up yet. So I should go and wake him up. And then I went upstairs and, you know, he, you know, he would passed away. But I didn't know that I was a, an eight year old kid. So I was just like, dad, dad, hello, dad. And I was shaking him. And I remember like holding my breath. And trying to hear that if he was breathing and he wasn't, mm. and I was like, "Okay, cool." Um, <laughs> okay, <I'm>, cool. <laughs> no, I, 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 and this is another thing that he said to me before he went to sleep that night. He was like, "There's two phone numbers here. One is for Reese, the next door neighbour, and one is for your mum. If anything happens to me while I'm asleep, call these numbers." And he'd never said that to me before, never, and so in the morning I tried calling my mum it was engaged 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 and then I was like okay I'll call Reese and I remember saying oh hi Rhys um, it's Fred you know like uh, just to let you know that um, my daddy isn't breathing anymore um and he said to call this number if anything happened to him, or something along those lines, and then that was it. Like the, the rest of it was a blur. I remember Reese came round, like very and then I never saw my dad again after that. I was I was not allowed to go upstairs, and then there were ambulances coming. I remember my mum coming. I remember saying something really inappropriate to my mum. My mum came in floods of tears, but because they were going through a separation, I thought that they mm. didn't like each other, so for some reason I said to my mum, um, why are you crying? I thought you'd be glad Dad was dead. And I remember her snapping mm. at me, saying, "Don't be silly. I loved your father." And she was absolutely devastated. Mm. And I remember thinking, "Oh shit! I shouldn't have said that." But um, you know, I was eight years old. You know, these two people hate each other. If one perishes, surely I didn't. I didn't. Mm. I, didn't, um, I, didn't realize, I didn't really realize how inappropriate that um, comment was. Yeah, of course not.
1: Mm.
0: And so. Yeah, and then that was pretty... I remember I didn't cry. Oh, this is actually really weird. So I don't remember crying. I remember thinking for years and years and years, I said, I didn't cry. I remember, like, the logistics of what happened. See, I can tell you now exactly what happened, but I don't remember how I felt. I remember the things that I did. I remember the phone calls that I made, but I can't remember how I felt. I can just remember the things that I did. And for the longest mm. time, I've always said, I never cried when, when my dad died. And I wondered why that was. Mm. And then I spoke to my mum and she said, you did cry. And I was like, did I? She's like, I remember you crying. And I was like, oh, but I don't remember crying. So I don't know if I've like repressed some sort of feelings anywhere along the line. But um, it was uh, tough, I guess, um, to yeah to hear that. I, I, I guess, yeah, I think, I think I even said I didn't cry at his funeral. But then apparently my mum said, yeah, I did. So it was all really yeah. weird. My memories of it... Uh, are emotionless.
1: I think, which is mm. maybe a way yeah, of protecting yeah. me. That's yeah. That's it. Uh, it's interesting you say that because I've I've heard you recount this story um, a couple of times, and uh, and and I do think that you you tend to do it in quite an emotionless manner. You speak about it logistically, but when I hear it, like I well up quite a lot. Like as you explain it to me, you know, it 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 reminds me of the scene in in The Lion King. Like wake up, Dad. Like wake mm. up. It's it, it's you know pretty i mean it's pretty tragic and i I, like as an eight-year-old like it's a it's a pretty horrifying thing to be the person to discover you know your deceased parent and then you know have the responsibility of contacting the appropriate people like you know you you don't you don't expect a child to have that sort of you know Get up and go. That motivation, like they they can't be expected to react in a in a you know commonsensical manner when something like that goes down. But it, it, sa- it sounds as if you did, I, and I and I wonder, you know, I wonder like how how do you think how do you think the like the event itself impacted you? And I'm, I mean, like you know what what sounds like probably quite a nice evening, the evening before, like a firework evening. Uh, I think you will. I think you also. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll ask that later. Like, yeah. What? What do you? How do you reckon it actually physically impacted you?
0: Well, that's a really interesting question. Before I tell you how it impacted me, I think what I wanted to go back to when you were saying about the scene in The Lion King where Simba discovers you know Mufasa is dead. So for some reason, that scene really affects me. Even you. Even just you talking about it and me remembering it then like I was almost welling up and for some reason mm. that scene gets me massively because I can I really <laughs> I can really resonate with it and it's it's really interesting so when he's like dad dad come on wake up dad and then he gets sadder and sadder realizing he's dead I'm in floods of tears absolute floods of tears mm. because it it seems familiar <laughs> um mm. for for lack of a better word absolutely Remarkably familiar, and mm. yet when I remember the actual event, it was emotionless. So yeah, that's that's interesting, and how it impacted me. Um, the thing is, I don't really know. So I've said this in the past um, to people, and they were like, "Oh, you know, like, do you think that if you did like an ayahuasca ceremony or, or if you delved into like past trauma, do you think it would help?" And and I've always said no because like I feel like I'm a pretty well-rounded individual. Why would Digging into that. Helping me out now. Like I'm. I feel like I'm good. You know. Like I'm. But a lot of people are like. Oh I don't know man. <laughs> There's always room for improvement. <laughs> and I don't. I don't know. I, I genuinely am very very sceptical. About delving into that. And opening up a can of worms. Of past trauma. To work through something. That hasn't bothered me. In adult life. That for some reason. My brain has protected me from. You know what I mean. So. Uh, I don't know I, I, how it's impacted me I think is is rather minimal if I'm completely honest I, it, the way I remember it my dad died my mum remarried I, you know someone else took me under their wing and that is just the way my life turned out and yeah
1: yeah, it. it I, I just find it quite remarkable because it is interesting, uh, the way you tell it in in quite a you know quite a robotic manner, and then actually based on you know your your mum's memory, you are actually like super emotional mm-hmm. at the time, but as you remember it, you won't. You 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 explain it blow by blow, like oh this happened, then this happened. I have to call this number, and you know you describe what sounds like you know absolutely it, and like an incredibly traumatic moment no matter the you know the the remembered relationship you have with your you know your one of your primary caregivers it's it's definitely it's definitely a, it's definitely a hard hitter um mm. one of the um one of the things that you've mentioned before is that um your dad placed his heart medication somewhere else or he 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 didn't keep it close to him of which he usually does and to me the way you've recounted that before it sounds as if it was like in a way like partially a suicide um mm. and I, I wonder i wonder what you actually think you know happened what you, what you think his intentions were that night whether whether it was mm. a decision he made to like to 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 check out and whether he made that decision you know knowing that you know his 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 son is going is going to be the one to find him
0: well, I'm really glad you brought that up because uh, I didn't want to move past without without this extra bit of the with, I guess without the extra chapter of the story so that's the twist so for example, he said, you know these are the two numbers you need to call if something happens Never said that before apparently his heart medication was found you know, not next to his bed. So if he needed it, he couldn't take it or he didn't take it before bed. Um, I don't know what, but I don't know if the heart medication was keep him, keeping him alive. Um, but yeah, so he also wrote a letter to me. He wrote a letter to me that was to be opened uh, on my 18th birthday or, or after I was 18. And this mm. letter was actually what kind of filled in the missing blanks for me because he spoke very candidly about the, how he felt about my mum and how... She had uh, apparently found (sighs) how can I put this? Um, She had found someone else while he was in hospital. Um, That's what he said in the letter. And you you know, it's it's odd to me saying this on a public platform because I don't want to paint my mum in a in a in a bad light. But that you know, it was these things happened years ago. My dad wasn't you know he was a violent alcoholic. Uh, So you know if you know if I Mm. guess I don't know things happen. You know like I I don't really all 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 that. My dad definitely painted a picture of a man in very very bad mental health, but the sort of person who um you know is he, you know, he's i can't remember what year it was like how I was that? so maybe 1990 so like you know the the things that are in place now for you know um, mental health men's mental health were not in place in 1990 mm. and people dealt with bad mental health with normally alcoholism and um i yeah. I, I don't know but but he he wrote me this letter just saying um, how he felt really wronged and how he was very down. And there was a line in the letter which said, if God wills it, um, you know, may, it just seemed like, yeah, he, suicide's a strong word, but like, yes, there is definitely a strong suspicion now that like, yeah, he probably had the most wonderful evening with me, you know, be like, look, this is my eight year old son. I'm in terrible health. I'm in terrible mental health. Well, he probably didn't use those words, but he was like, you know, mm. probably, you know, fuck it. Like this was probably the best night I'm going to have. Um, mm. So, you know, if I don't take my meds, then I'll just check out now. And that was it, you know, and I guess in a way that's kind of selfish <laughs> because yeah you're right you you leave your 8 year old son to to find your to find your body i get. uh yeah i guess how i don't how do i feel about it i think if that was the case which i do strongly suspect it was then i guess maybe it was kind of selfish i don't know how how do you do you think it, what what do you think
1: Well I'm I'm kind of interested by the whole thing again because of the way you recount it and like it's just um, fascinating to pick it apart and think that like this was a man that was uh, an alcoholic quite, quite clearly and obviously had violent tendencies as well which is you know for some sort of reason like something happened to him earlier in life to make him not you know cope with something and and uh have have a tendency to lash out at you know the people that he loved and it sounds like he was probably you know clin- clinically depressed as well if you're mm. you know if you're numbing your emotions with you know eight eight pints of beer a night sometimes and um and then yeah it sounds like a planned event to me it sounds like a you know sounds like a a TV drama if 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 I'm honest it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty pretty fascinating mm. and I the picture for me obviously I'd have no idea what he looks like or anything like that but you know I I I draw a picture in my mind of the whole of the whole event and you know I you can sort of picture him you know writing writing this letter and there are there are a number of things in this story which point very strongly to to the fact that you know, it, it, like you say, suicide is maybe a strong word, but like certainly planned, like mm. to to write a letter to your son, however recent it it might be, like it's you know it's a plan to it's a plan to to die, yeah. um, and then obviously like these are the numbers that you call, and then you know the and then the the placement of his medication it sounds sounds to me like a you know a very troubled depressed man decided he'd had enough and uh, and and that was his that was his moment to to check out and you know d- depression is a is a very very selfish um condition you you can't really you can't really concern yourself um with other people's feelings and thoughts you, you know you can't be if if for example if suicide is an option and that is you know that's the unfortunately that's the um what should we say the side effect the symptoms that's the of of depression like that's the worst it can get is is suicide like as as a disease like the disease you know is terminal if it's that bad and you know of course of course you wouldn't consider that um if if you're not um
0: yeah you know within well,
1: within your normal thinking mind
0: i just want to say before i know that we've been throwing the word suicide around but his his official cause of death was natural causes so um the mm. uh yeah so i think the coroner's report was he died of natural causes but whether it was um you know neglecting to take the medication that he needed to stay alive um is at this point speculation really, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, But something that I, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, putting the pieces together and I've spoken with my sister about this and I've spoke, um, yeah, wow, yeah. I mean, there was, oh yeah, there's other bits that, um, so, yeah, there are other other bits of the story. So apparently he went to see people. Um, um, Even my mum said like when she dropped me off, he said oh can i have like just one last hug like just one last hug um you know mm. forget you know the hard the bad feelings so i just have one more hug mm. might sound silly but you know you can imagine if someone was um in a certain bad place that you know they might want one last hug um mm. again it's not concrete evidence but then my sister also said that he went and Saw some people before on that day to sort of see them. I and you know it could be interpreted as they he, he saw them for the last time. Um mm. But yeah, uh,
1: what's I'm, your sister's thoughts on it? Have you spoken? You've spoken to her about it.
0: Yeah, and she said you know a, a certain a certain you know a nod in the sort of yeah definitely a possibility. But mm. again, I I can't speak in absolutes. It's certainly speculation at this point, but it's. Yeah, I mean a lot of things point to it, you know. Like I've actually got the letter somewhere under my bed. Maybe we could get it out and read it on the podcast. Probably not. It's a bit too personal. Mm. But um, but yeah, I could. I haven't. Again, even I haven't thought too much about it, and maybe that is also a, a weird sign of like being like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe not. And I haven't, you know, I haven't pored over the letter and then like tried to find clues. Mm. I haven't, you know. I'm just thinking, well, oh, yeah, maybe. And that's probably says a lot like mm. it, like that I'm not b- bothered I'm like if it was a possibility then I'm like, oh, okay, cool like which does sound mm. a bit weird. you'd think you'd think that I would care a bit more about it but
1: well I, yes and no like I, I think that you know when these things happen to you uh, as a child, you know they, they they may have a resounding effect on you at that time at that moment. But it, it does its damage, it does its work then, and then you just you just live with it and it becomes the norm. So, you, you know, the way you are and how you feel about certain situations is just the norm when something like that has happened mm. from such an early age. So when someone asks you, like, hey, how do you feel? It's not like you are able to, you know, diagnose and, 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 and nitpick and find, you know an emotional response that you have that's changed you're just like no this is how I've always been as far as I remember but Mm. you don't necessarily you don't necessarily know the the impact it's it's had on you directly Mm. Uh, I, I can remember um when I started having uh talk therapy um over a year ago and um I, I uh, you know, me and my mum have got a very uh, wonderful and close relationship, but it being just the two of us, uh, it, it can be intense at times, and we've only, you know, we, we, we've got each other to to bounce off, and, and sometimes two people isn't enough, and mm. um, and I thought I would probably have a lot uh, to unpick around things with my mum uh, in, in therapy. And actually, uh, my therapist was like, "So what about um, what about your issues with your father?" I was like, "I don't have any issues with my father. <laughs> he he di- he died when I was eighteen months old. I have you know, I I can barely remember the man." And she was like, "Well, exactly. Uh, you know, that, that's a pretty big deal." And you know, she she even used the the word abandonment. I was like, "He didn't abandon me. He died." And she was like, yeah. "Well, you didn't know that." And I was like, "And very quickly, she just unpicked this web for me, and it was." Quite funny for me to sort of be approaching the situation and be like, right, well, let's you know, let's unpick the the complex relationship I, I, I've I've got with with my mum, and 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 she was just like, well, actually, I think the I think the relationship you don't have with your father is a much more important thing to address, and it's something that I, you know, for the most part in my life to completely brush under the carpet because I find it to be completely. Insignificant because I've got no memories, and people have always asked me, like, oh, you know, oh, it, if if it ever comes up in conversation, and it doesn't that often, because maybe it does a bit more now. I'm a little bit more uh, comfortable with it, but it would be something I would avoid for a large part in my life. I wouldn't really want to have to be put in the position to have to tell people that you know my father died and people would be like oh i'm so sorry and i'm like it literally doesn't matter like you know i, I have i didn't you know i don't remember him i i don't know what it's like to to yeah. to have one it's not a it's not a, it's not yeah. a loss so to have that pointed out to me that just because i don't know doesn't mean it's not you know it wasn't a, it didn't have an impact
0: yeah, Well let me ask you a question seeing as you grew up without a father figure because your mother never remarried um, how does that make you feel? I mean obviously like you say you don't know what it's like to have a dad but have you ever thought about not knowing what it's like to have a dad? Have you ever thought about wow I would have really liked a father figure growing up I would
1: have really liked a, a male role model um, has that ever crossed your mind? Uh, it didn't It didn't really for a, for a very long time I can remember quite vividly one day uh walking home from school I think it would i think I would have been about year three or year four um so yeah probably probably eight eight nine ten i guess and I just had a strange thought um as I walked home and I was like uh it it was like oh i funny enough I, I was never and have never been into football but the thought was like oh yeah when I get home I'm gonna play football with my dad like something something had happened earlier um, and maybe something was said by like one of my friends or something like that and I was like yeah that's a great idea I'm gonna play football with my dad when I get home that was the thought I had in my brain and that's you know I mean I wasn't an idiot. Like uh, I was, I was nine. He's been dead for for at least seven years, but yeah. that thought still entered my brain. And then that, like, I can remember being disappointed. You know, half a second after having that thought, and be like, oh no, no, you're not going to do that." And that was probably the like the. That's definitely a poignant memory. It's definitely very vivid. Like, I can remember, you know, having it. Um, but that was the most part that uh, that it really ever affected me. I have I have subsequently come across not come across. I've interacted with male role male role models in my life again and as an adult I've I've taken the time to be like hey thanks because actually I didn't realize it at the time but you were an important male role model to me and um yeah one of them was recently at a wedding I was at in Barcelona with a friend of a friend of mine and I got the chance to to see his parents and I hadn't seen them in a very long time and yeah it 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 has become more apparent to me since having talk therapy like the, the the importance of it and um Yes yeah, it's really great to just have that opportunity to be like hey by the way like actually you you were an, you know you were a provider you, uh, you were uh, a strong loving loving man and you were in my life and you, you may not be, have been the head of my family but you were certainly a great example for the head of your family and you did a great job and I guess it's I guess it's interesting to, uh, to observe that stuff that you you take on.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. Actually, I think um, something just popped into my head. But like, I remember going round to see some some of my friends, and I, I was always sort of envious of their dads because, again, I've got nothing. I've got nothing bad to say about my dad, um, but I guess it is probably different having a biological father than than a stepfather, especially if you were like eleven or ten or eleven when you when you, I guess, inherited them, uh, and especially in their teenage years. I remember like thinking, oh, man, your dad's so cool. Like, I wish my dad was as cool as your dad. But I think maybe that happens even with biological dads. You just have dad envy. Because, you know, someone, there's always, like, one of the kids who's got, like, a super cool dad. You know, he lets you, like, Mm. ride your motorbike around his, back garden where he's got like a two-acre back garden you're like oh god we've got a shit back garden I wish I had two acres and a motorbike um <laughs> Sam's dad's really cool uh he tells funnier jokes but uh yeah I don't know if I was um I guess I don't know if I was envious of other people's um fathers for for, for that reason or, or whatever but um I don't did you ever have that
1: I don't know that I remember that no I, I just feel like I you know I accepted I accepted my lot I don't think I had envy maybe I had maybe rather than envy I had self self-pity I think Ooh. I I don't think that I yeah I I think I probably lamented the situation but i don't think i attributed it to the you know to the absence of a of a father i did i guess i definitely felt hard done by in a sense but i never like placed any there was never any blame to place like you can't really push it at anyone like it certainly wasn't you know his fault it certainly wasn't mum's fault I wasn't really interested at you know pointing it at, at, at God or anything anything else like that at that age I just uh, I just probably wanted something different mm. I don't necessarily know that it was a father
0: very interesting, man. Very interesting. Um, this has been a very unexpected chat. I quite like this new format where you said, I'll just blindside you with a weird question. Um, because I was thinking <laughs> I was actually going to talk a lot, lot more about my ceremony. Um, there was more I had to add. But that was a brilliant, brilliant question, man. And that really uh, prompted some whew, some pretty heavy memories that I haven't thought about in a long, long time. And, and it was actually really interesting, like the way you say that I can recount them it's kind of like emotionless i think that says a lot and uh i don't i hope that our listeners have, have found something in this podcast that that they can take away but it's uh it's certainly very interesting to have this chat with you so so thanks for that question man
1: yeah well like i say i kind of wanted like you know as much as i do like that we have listeners and uh and engaged listeners i really definitely don't do it for them and i just like uh I've just been I've been realizing recently how much I love conversation and mm. how much how much I believe that that maybe there's a deficit of that uh in the world like I think it's quite rare like we have great conversations we have very long conversations we have deep conversations and actually you know you have to work quite hard to have those conversations like I have them with my girlfriend I have them with my mom I, I, there are a few other people that I have them with from time to time but it's not something regular and i wonder like in you know and i guess i am asking this to the listeners now like i am like you know who do you have long conversations with who do you who do you you know get down to the nitty-gritty with like who do you who do you explore your emotions with and um with every you know with the obviously you know social media and 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 Netflix and all that sort of stuff. I feel like human conversation is something that is probably, probably on the down. And actually, and it's I just I, I love it. And um, and we have wicked conversations. And and this sort of like proposed new format of asking one another questions. I was just like, oh, this is a this is a great opportunity to actually, you know, get to, you know, get to know you even better, and uh, mm. and and have conversations that you know make you feel stuff, and and uh, and. Find out more about each other. I just, uh, yeah, it's something that I want to do, and it's something that I've really enjoyed, and I think there's a lot of benefit to it, and I think that I would definitely, as I have done before, I would so advise other people to just, you know, start start podcasts and 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 have a have a date, have a day that you just, you know, you sit down and you engage in conversation for for an hour or more, and yeah, you know, I, I just think you get so much from it, I guess.
0: Well, thank you, man. Thank you so much for you know prompting that that question. It, it was it was really nice, and um, it was unexpected, but it was it was good. And, and and this new format could be could be very cool. And uh, like we said before, if there's any questions that the listeners think that we should ask each other or, or would like to know. Um, Please get in touch. We we're open to it. Um, there were some. There were loads of other things I wanted to talk about, but we don't have time anymore. But I think that was really good. And there's you know there's always content for uh, for future poddies. So
1: nice, man. Well, have you uh, have you got a joke for me?
0: I don't actually. Before we segue on, uh, yeah, actually I don't. Oh, I don't have a joke. Oh my god, I don't have a joke. Do you have a joke? Tell me you've I got a joke. I do have a joke. Oh, I've brilliant. Got a joke. Well, before we go into that joke, I just wanted to say one of the things I was really grateful for recently and especially during my ceremony last night was the podcast and not just the, the conversations that I have with you, but a conversation I had recently with a guy called Brian. I said it about it on the last podcast, but I've just released that podcast on YouTube and I guess it will be a week probably until I release this podcast. So it's live now, but it'll you know when you're listening to it, it will be live a week ago. But it, it was a conversation that I had that was so beautifully valuable to me uh i've called it you know from paralysis to parenthood uh, the life of brian uh and it's just it's one of the things that's really valuable to have in life is a labor of love and i think this podcast is really a labor of love like i love it i love the conversations i have with you like you're my easily my best friend we're so bloody close and this podcast brings us closer i reach out to other people i speak to people from different countries and i've had loads of um interest in, in more people coming on the podcast and I really think this podcast um, has legs you know <laughs> ironically unlike you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just one of those things that I think um, uh, Brian actually messaged me today and he said you know this podcast is your calling and I was like I think that is I really feel like it is and uh, again it's a labour oh, of love nice. I don't, we don't make any money from it we just do it for the love of it but I love sharing conversations with people and I love hearing the feedback and the fact that it, you know it can that the conversation that i had with brian i really do think will help a lot of people and i think you know it's it's a beautiful story whether you've got a spinal cord injury or not but i already shared it with some guy uh, who did have a spinal cord injury i, I spoke to him um last week is about him last week uh his name's mark and he gave me some beautiful feedback saying that he could relate to all the struggles that we went through early on that he's going through now and it was just lovely to see that we've both turned out so well it gives him a lot of hope that you know his life is also going to be beautiful after spinal cord injury and that's just what i wanted to say man it's just another thing that i was really grateful for and so thank you for being part of the podcast thank you guys for listening and yeah just you know love yourselves
1: nice man good shit good shit okay here's uh, here's my joke I've got to be honest I I stole it from Roz, but I'm going to use it anyway so (laughs) here we go Um, what's the difference between an egg and a wank
0: (laughs) I don't know
1: you can beat an egg (laughs) Uh,
0: you can beat an egg you can't beat yeah I get it oh you don't read it <laughs> brilliant alright well thanks so much Benji and uh, I guess we'll see you on the flip flop zip it up and zip it out
1: oh my god you are absolute thief I'm going to have to come up with something else now I'll have something cooler next week thanks very much everyone lots of love peace
0: now that was a good poddy
1: What do you reckon so? Yeah, I loved that,
0: man. Thank you so much. That was a really, really good question. And uh, again, you blindsided me with it. But yeah, it was really... I had no idea. I mean, I hope that the listeners get something out of that. I think it's a very, very fascinating story. And I've never told it on a public platform before. I'm not sure. The only thing I'm concerned as is... is, It's entertaining. I think, you know, if anything, you know, our podcasts are entertaining, but... Um, I don't know. I don't know if there was a conclusion. We never had like a, you know, like round it off with like, and this is why you should take mushrooms. I don't know. Like.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was good, man. I was just, I was just interested to hear you talk about it again in depth, and uh, like I have, I think we have, I don't think you have brushed over it in a podcast before, but not in that sort of depth. And yeah. you know, like I say, I'm pretty just interested for for myself, but um, you know, I'm sure mm. they can enjoy it too.
0: Hello, boys and girls. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I just finished editing it together and I thought, crikey, I did overshare a little bit, didn't I? So uh, I hope hope you found some value from it. Anyway, the thing that Benji and I really want to do with this podcast is we want to get more interactive with our audience. So if you guys want to come on the podcast and have a conversation with us directly, or if you've got ideas or you know thought provoking things that we could talk about please get in touch our contact details are in the show notes below and yeah hope to hear from you soon i'm going to leave you with a little outro from benji's uh post amble and it's uh, quite a little sweet outro so yeah may the next podcast you listen to be as buff as this one
1: all right, man. Well, I love you, man. Thank you for another glorious conversation, and yeah, thanks for sharing that stuff. Because I wasn't 100% sure you were going to be comfortable sharing it, but you were, and it's was, it's was, it's was nice to hear it. It's nice to talk about it, and it's another thing. It's an you know it's another another thing that we share. Uh, you know the complications around around fatherhood, and yeah, I, I enjoy hearing about it.